On the north side of Chicago It's the coolest bar in town And if you go up there You better just beware You're gonna find a bunch of clowns It's a mad, mad, crazy bar The whole damn place is just so bizarre Full of all the vice and sin where do we even begin? Tip your bartenders. Greetings, everyone. This is Pub Crawlers. And uh, there's a geriatric in front of me. Sometimes he's a genius, sometimes he's not. When, when wasn't I a genius? <laughs> so many times. Just name one. Be, be specific. I'm having a little trouble articulating. Oh when, when, when you just ate too many cookies. <laughs> oh dear. Did you take a pill? Oh, well, the pill won't do any good now. No. Not after ten chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Shit. Did you have an eclair? No, I no, showed no. restraint. Good. Good. Uh, <laughs> um. Thanks for uh, tuning in again uh, for another episode of As the Ale House Turns. Uh, we have uh, our special guest, Phil the Mogul, here. Hey, Phil. Hey, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. We like, we like this, uh, this repeat guest. Phil always has some good tales for us. And guess where Phil gets to go? I mean, he's, he's the he busiest. He gets to go everywhere. Phil is the busiest retired person I've ever even heard of. That's true. But he's heading off to Pebble Beach. Um, oh, we're being, you know, this is a little, uh, this is a delayed broadcast, folks. Yes. And he'll be, he'll be leaving to see the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. And um, that's really kind of a, a cool, first of all, just getting tickets is, is Well, really, he, you've done this before, right? Uh, no, I've not, because this is the U.S. Open. So when I usually go to Pebble Beach, my cousin is playing in the Pro-Am. Now, the oh. AT&T Pro-Am. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's not hard to get, and, and get so to. Normally, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a great golfer, and uh, it's a lot of fun. But uh, this is, everyone's going to be watching this time. We're, we don't have a horse in the race, so to speak. Got it. So. I, and if anybody reads my California Jailbreak, I do an entire chapter on um, Pebble Beach and what happened. <laughs> There's during a the tournament, and then afterwards, carried over to uh, Palm Springs, and then the kind of the finale of this chapter is uh, in Vegas. Oh. It's quite exciting. I mean, so for somebody intellectually curious, I think they really enjoy this book. In college, there was a video game that I used to play, a golf game, and I used to always play at Pebble Beach. Yeah, absolutely. It's a gorgeous course. It is. It's, it's a great video I game. used to get. I used to when I was. Back in my, let's see, how old was it? Oh, I was only in my early 20s. And uh, I was in San Francisco for a while. I used to, well, I didn't really hustle because the golfers were too good at uh, Harding Park. But I used to gamble with these guys. And one of the guys went on to be, he, he said he was assistant pro at Pebble. But I think he was really the card guy. But anyway, he would get a sign. So I got to play there a dozen, dozen or so times free. Now I think it probably costs like two fifty or something like that. By the way, whenever there's some major event happening, like sports or I don't know, stuff. Oh, sports just, or stuff. That's your. Um, well, it could be a concert. It could be anything. Oh. I I just assume that Phil is there. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's very eclectic in his taste and uh, Whether it's like activities. a Cubs game or a major tournament like this or some grand He gets around. Affair. He gets around. That's what I'm saying. So. Yeah, we well, we share that love for the Cubs. You notice the Cubs games in particular, I think. No. Well, did like, you see the picture of, uh, of Liz and Go Girl with uh, Mayor Lightfoot at the Cub game? I, last Cub game? I think I did see that, actually. Yeah. That was kind of uh, cool. I, yeah, I, I thought that, that was, was nice. amazing. It yeah. was fun. She sat close to us. Was there any uh, improper touching? Always. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're so silly. Well, you know, no, Goat Girl is really a very touchy-feely gal. She is. So I wouldn't be shocked if she kind of fondled the mayor a little. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it, I, only in the best way. We're excited about this mayor, I think. She's got a shot. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I She started out well... Um, she, during her inauguration, she grabbed the nuts of the aldermen and squeezed them so hard. I mean, their eyes almost popped out of their heads. And then she worked over Ed Burke. I mean, this this is a wonderful start. And she yeah. told the aldermen, um, you guys have no more negatives on, on uh, zoning and stuff. I mean, this is how these guys make their living, you know, squeezing people. Yeah. So I I, find I, that, uh, I'm that quite speech. pleased with her this far. We'll know when she starts, who she starts hiring. That would yeah. be the real test. And, uh, you know, the various folks that I know that are the, you know, wonks who are out there trying to work with some integrity in the government are really pleased with her so far. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. But, you know, she's certainly smart, but so is Ron. But Ron was certainly a terrible mayor. So yeah. smarts, misapplied smarts. I mean, it's, and, you know, you, don't, you cannot appoint some guy like McCarthy, your police superintendent, or the school, head of the schools that went to prison. I mean, these, you got to do better than that. So that's what we need from her. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hopeful. I actually have a personal, aside from the Cub game, a, a personal experience with why I'm hopeful and something that happened. I belong, as a small business owner, I belong to, <clears throat> uh, I'm a member I paid dues for this branch of like Chicago's marketing and tourism thing. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, so that they, you know, help promote me and blah, 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 blah. Is that part of Choose Chicago? And it, it is Choose yeah. Chicago, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I've been a member of Choose since, I don't know, gosh, for like five years at least. Ever since I, I left the museum six years ago, so five years at least. And never once had I received a call sort of from anybody saying, hey, we're just checking in. Seeing how you're doing. Like the only time I get a call is your membership dues are, are, are due, right? That was it. So about three weeks ago, I got a call from them that said, hey, um, we're just checking in. How's everything going? And I noticed that your paperwork says you are a minority-owned and women-owned business. I said, I am. And then they asked if I was certified. And I guess certified, I don't even know what that means. Like, oh, you have to be officially certified. Like, you can write it on the piece of paper, but you have to be officially certified so that it's recognized. I'm like, oh, I knew nothing about this. How do I go about it? She gave me a website. And she said, the mayor is just really making sure that all of these minority or women uh, or and or uh, businesses are aware of the certification needs and that, you know, we're really trying to support them. That's fantastic. And I was like, wow, okay, thanks for the information. Moving on. 
but like clearly she's you know yeah taking some steps to make sure some well, of that is happening. Well, you know, <coughs> excuse me, Jesse White has shown that you actually can improve these absolutely horrible, terrible bureaucratic nightmares in, in, in Chicago because. Before he became Secretary of State, going there was nothing more horrible than going getting your driver's license renewed or getting a new. It was horrible. And since Jesse, I mean, people are pleasant, uh, they're civil, and um, it's fairly expeditious. So, I mean, it, it's possible. It's possible, especially if you slap the alderman and they because you know it's always um, patronage people to, to get these jobs and. Um, they're never accountable, but you know maybe it's, it can be done. I mean, we could eventually live in a city where you could go down to City Hall and not, you know, be treated like a pile of shit. <laughs> Something to strive for. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's my own personal story of. Yeah, no, that's great. That's it's making moves already. She's been in office for how long? A couple months. Yeah, barely. So I don't, yeah. I don't think she's been. No, it's yeah. like I'm less than a month. No. So, hopeful, for sure. Well, and I think Phil is going to need a little bit of help from City Hall because he's got a very, very big project. A very oh, yeah, interesting he is. project. He's got a big project going on. And, uh, Phil, why don't you tell us about your project? Because I'm, I'm really intrigued by this one. I think people who listen to the show will actually be interested in, in this project, too. Well, of course okay. they will. Because we have very discerning uh, cultural, listeners. Cultural uh, folks, for sure. So we're uh, discussing the Uptown Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so actually in the, in the current snapshot, which is great because I think oftentimes when administrations do change, you see maybe the favored project of the previous administration dropping in energy or enthusiasm with the, with the next group. Uh, but right now we seem to be on a roll with the, with the mayor as well. So. This is a, you know, basically the Uptown Theater uh, opened up in 1925. It was a movie palace. It was, uh, at the time, if you can imagine uh, where you went for clean air, you went for entertainment, you went for air conditioning. It was kind of the only outlet for imaginative product other than kind of books and radio. It's a completely different thing than what we're dealing now. And, it, you, you go in there into this what was called a movie palace, and uh, it's just it's just sublime. It's hard to imagine now. It's uh, uh, the atrium when you come in is is just huge. It's epic. Uh, there's carvings in the walls, and um, so it was a really productive space for uh, for a long time. Uh, but then, as the uptown neighborhood started to fail, as large movie houses started to fail because it, you, you, movies were not the special event they had been, and it was uh, not something that gathered 4,000 people to come in to see a film, uh, and uh, it just started to really go into decline. And uh, it had kind of a second life in the 70s, uh, somewhere 70s to about the mid 80s. As a concert venue, uh, everybody legendary kind of stayed uh, stayed and played there. You had Bob Marley um, played a lot. The Grateful Dead it was a regular set, and then everybody else like Bruce Springsteen, the young Bruce Springsteen, uh, did uh, some of his early early work there. And um, then it had to shut. So 
1985 or so it, it shut down. So it's been closed about 40 years. And uh, well, it's a miracle the old man Daly didn't tear it down because he he couldn't tear down enough of those old movie palaces, and it's really yeah. horrible. I mean, just think what you, you could have. You know, these are you know, priceless. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I think we have to step up to preserve these things because it, it's a real quandary for a place like uh, the Uptown neighborhood because you know, this thing tinks up more than a city block. It's just huge. And you think about the hole that that creates in a community that's trying to turn around. So you do either have to have it be vibrant or at some point, you know, change it out. And it's lucky that it, it lasted, uh, and it's lucky that it's got some people that are enthusiastically trying to save it. Um, Do you see it? Uh, so wait, what's the what's the current state of so, its phys physical condition? You know, it's um, the, the the thing about it that's kind of amazing. It's it's a it's a metal box really built on steel girders, and so all the ornate pieces are really kind of costume jewelry to some degree. So they're not. Um, they're not really intricate or... or um, they're not structural. They're, just, they're not, yeah, they, they, they don't hold the building up. Yeah. So when you go back into a pillar, you can fix it. You don't have to worry about the structure uh, around it. So it, it has all the magnificence that it had in the sense that you can tell everything that it was. But then you'll go someplace and you'll find a 10-foot strip of the wall that's just... When a pipe burst one winter, it just washed everything away. You know? um, so I think it'll take, a, we are estimating about $90 million. It'll take about two years to fix. Um, if the inside decoration was, uh, as you were saying, Bruce, uh, infrastructure, uh, it would take much longer, right? Uh, we're just, we're able to work with plaster and redo wood and create molds and uh, don't have to uh, worry about the fundamental structure of the building. Well, the auditorium building, I remember when I w went to Roosevelt back in the, right about 1960, there was a big fight over re restoring that great Louis Sullivan auditorium. And, um, oh, yeah. On Lincoln. No, 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 this is uh, Roosevelt University. Oh, Michigan sorry, Avenue. sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the auditorium. You've, you've had it, but gone in there and seen yeah, music yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 I was thinking of that little, front, uh, that little storefront in uh, no, that's, Lincoln Square. Well, my brother used to own that. Oh, that really? Was, that was Louis Sullivan's last yeah, uh, building. Was, yeah. Seriously? Yeah, my brother owned that. And that's where I found um, he the um, caretaker of that building when my brother bought it, he was kind of senile, but he said that he vaguely remembered burying, because when they do those five, Louis Sullivan did that great facade in terracotta, and they bury it, He's because they make two of each, because a lot of times they'll break, so when they make them, they make yeah. And so he vaguely remembered burying the duplicate terracotta in the backyard, because there was a big backyard there and a three-car garage, <laughs> So my brother said, if that's, if, do you think it's possible? I said, I don't know. Well, I know. So he said, well, he'd pay, he'd pay me something if I'm Easter. Because I remember it was an Easter, a real nice, beautiful Easter. I went over there with a shovel, and uh, I started digging. Them. I would have quit after about 30 minutes. I was digging all over there. 
And uh, but there was a naked girl uh, parading back and forth in the building next door. That's which kept my attention. Oh God! So anyway, I was just out there poking around and just about done. And all of a sudden, I found click, click, click. So I very carefully dug down, felt it, and I went, oh my goodness, this is terracotta facade. So I grabbed my brother, my brother, he's wearing a suit. He's got a suit and his tie, and he just wildly starts digging with me. Um, and we found the entire facade had been buried back there, just like that guy said. Probably sold it for more than he paid for the building. You know the uh, that's part, amazing. You know that yeah. part that's of the an amazing story. You know that part of the facade of Second City is Louis Sullivan. Is it? Yeah. The, oh, a, that's from the old Garrick Theater. Garrick Theater, which Mayor Daly had torn down. Like, yeah. So, so, so I mean, there's. I think in preservation in Chicago, and look, Liz, you're doing this with the beer culture, and Bruce, you've done this with the bar culture. It's like people do it and they they do completely irrational hard things right like they're guys who broke into the uptown and stole the light fixtures there's some that actually did it with permission of the council and things like that but they all saved them they didn't turn around and sell them to other people and they were willing to donate them back it, it just it's unbelievable um, the reason I asked you what kind of condition it was in yeah. is because a year ago I had the opportunity to, to walk through the old Remova Theater in Bridgeport, mm. and holy shit, was that a shit box? Yeah. Was like, I don't, how could, any, no, how could anyone, him, how yeah, could anyone save go. this? Yeah. Well, that, what was the one right over on Clark Street? The, the Village Theater. The Village uh, Theater. Oh boy, towards the end. Oh jeez. I mean, you you can tell that the fundamental bones are great, and so, but you know, credit to Jerry Mickelson, uh, he. Uh, he's the CEO of Gem Productions. Uh-huh. He bought he bought it for three point five million dollars, just hoping that it wouldn't have to be turned down, uh, you know, tear down. And he has uh, you know, taken care of the heat every year, made sure that it was didn't lose ground, and uh, eventually, uh, you know, which was just recently, you know, found some real estate development partners uh, from Far Point development that were willing to take on the project and then they enlisted help from the federal government the state government uh, and the city government and you know I'd say so far it's one of those things you can be pretty proud of I think uh, seeing people come together it's hard though because there's so many different stakeholders and you know as we were saying there's a legitimate beef that the thing isn't open so we've got to you know people have got to get that open and got to get it contributing to the um, community uh, but the question is if, if if it's not a viable enterprise in and of itself who pays for it and uh, I think a lot of people are working hard to figure that out so I I went there when it was still open so it would have been probably in the s- late 60s anyway I went to see the Ali Shavalo fight in close circuit DB oh, that's right they, and, they were, yeah. oh my God, what happened that night? We were sitting on the main floor, but you got those little turrets up there where people were sitting, yeah. and it was a rough crowd, really, I mean, up top. But uh, so <laughs> at some point, there was a couple really major. At one point, somebody started throwing bottles off the turret. Yeah. So that was bombs was away. Not exactly the white tail tuxedo no, crowd that they were designed but, for. But the worst was... 
sitting in the almost in front of us, about five or six rows, were these uh, white. It turns out because the papers had to cover this, some white suburban boys. I think they were brothers, and they were doing all kinds of shit. So, um, they got in a beef with the people right behind them, and so. It was funny because while each round during the fight, there was it would be dark in there, and then between rounds the lights would go on. And these guys would start punching each other, <laughs> so everybody's watching. And then the, the, there was a bunch of Puerto Ricans of the guys throwing the bottles, so they're flipping them off the out of the tourists, and that's you know, and you don't want to get hit by one of those. So McHugh, I'm sitting with my friend McHugh, who was a reporter at the time. He says, oh boy, you see that old guy in the suit down there that's standing there, kind of hovering, this kind of tall, thin guy? I, he said, he's the number one killer cop. He, he'd come from the old flying squad, and he was very, because the cops had came, come in now, the uniformed cops are in there, but this guy's just twitching. And then Ricky tells a story about it. He said, he lives up in Rogers Park, and some guy tried to break into his uh, house, so he blew his brains out. And then threw him back out in the yard, called up the police and, and, and said, come on, get him. I'll come down and sign the stuff tomorrow morning. So the, <laughs> the potential for, you know, even worse shit happening. They finally cuffed these brothers and dragged them out. But that it was a rough venue, very rough. Well, it was a rough neighborhood for a while. Well, it still is. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably what saved the building, though, because... If that if they gentrified that uh, that neighborhood, that building probably I, I, goes I down. I agree. It, 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 it saved it, and and it's indicative of the fact that it's turning around. That there was pressure to make sure it, it, it came back. Oh yeah, yeah. they were going to let that block just yeah. sit there forever. And, and 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 it really was a quandary, right? Uh, because it is just such a special uh, representation of that time, that era. There's just nothing like it. Well, wasn't it great? I mean, what's the theater up there on? In near, I guess it's the Andrews. What's the old theater? The music box. No, it's, yeah. It's great going to those great old movies. I mean, yeah. it's so much nicer than going, there. going into these little cubicles, and but to sit in the big well, theater. Like, but but uh, you guys are going to love, we got to get you a, a long time visit where you can really just enjoy the, the works at different sides. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Because it's, it's, it, it's beautiful. And they're doing everything to make it ornate and gorgeous in the kind of the traditional sense. But at the same time, uh, it's a fun house. And you go on the other side of a, an arch, and on one side it's round, on the other side it's square, so that you kind of get lost. And cool. they do things like very purposefully for you to sense that it's even bigger than it is. So uh -huh. while it's maybe two blocks, you're thinking it it's a whole nother world. And in fact, at the time, they kind of described it as a uh, world. And uh, as, you, as you enter the, the theater, you look left and right, and there's like these Greek uh, statues, right? the characters carved into the, the uh, various decorations around. And then you come up these stairs, and you start to deal with maybe some of the funkier Greek characters, where they're half man and half animal. And by the time you get to the top floor, it's just eyeballs and stuff, right? Like just completely fantasy-oriented. Uh, and and you know, the average person didn't necessarily get to the uh, to the top level. And so these are the kinds of things that 
nobody knows who those designers were. We don't know what they were thinking. There's no critical study of their work, but you can see it when how, you're there. How, how old is the building? So it was 1925 when it when it opened, and so they started in 23. And uh, you know, and then there's other things like uh, you know the air conditioning unit GE built from scratch for it, and every seat had its own air conditioning unit. Got 1923 to like 1926 was like the heyday of of like architecture, like the next wave post fire, yeah. post fire, post fair. Um, because I mean, if you think about all like those these uh, incredible theaters and a lot of these buildings that we all know, right? Like so, the Tribune Tower, the Wrigley Building, a lot of these iconic buildings. These are all in that mid twenties time period. Yep, and, and, and it's, it's fascinating. It's built for uh, a woman to come in with her kids and um, shopping bags. And you drop the kids off in this nursery that had oh really oh like clowns painted on, and a little creepy I admit <laughs> but um, particularly after it's been aged for eighty years you know clown paintings are a little uh, uh, scary but this is but you can imagine that they were giving it a go and that it was a nice place for the kids to go they thought it was fun and then you go to the other place and it's where they checked in their bags. Uh, and the history is kind of funny because right next to a place where the ladies might go out, so you would do that those two stops, and then you'd want to maybe reapply your makeup before you're going to watch the movie. And uh, in there, there's uh, everything from classic mirrors to you know, just a sticker that says you know Springsteen is God, just randomly put <laughs> over the um, cool. uh, the little vending machine in the ladies' room, right? It's just it's like yeah. it's just stuff that you want to preserve and. Uh, it's a, so yeah, you can tell that I'm a little slightly enthusiastic yeah, about the project. So. so is there some sort of a, and I'm sure this is a question you get a lot, a question you probably hate. Is there a timeline? Is there a? No, I, I actually don't hate that because uh, we, I think everybody that's involved in the project wants it to move as fast as possible. Uh, the biggest issue right now is there's just still a wedge in the whole economic formula of about $20 million that we got to raise. And when you're raising money, it would be very rare to be able to go, hey, Liz, can you give me a million dollars? Because I need 20. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'll give you a million, but when you have the 20. Right. So, um, you know, what you want to do is start work immediately, but you kind of got to wait till everything's done. So we're... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely in the same boat with the Bruseum. Yeah, yeah, I bet. You're in, the, in a weird position that people want to help you, but they don't, they're like, well, if you get to this point, then I'm in. Then I'm in, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, now, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of smart people trying to figure out how to get the magic going again, because then that's a lot easier sure. to raise money for. But... Uh, Who's the alderman there? You know... So I don't know his name. He's new. He he just won the election, um, and he. Oh, sorry. I don't know. Well, oh, that's the sorry. person to schmooze. Yeah, he's he's been very supportive. Um, the old alderman. Yeah. You gotta get them on your side. Well, it, I mean, it, it's total well, least, plus for him. Well, it's I'll a feather this, in the though. alderman's there's, hat. There's a, there's a couple of folks that are really important in the neighborhood, and I know our alderman is, is one of them and has been very supportive. And then there's a former alderman that's very supportive, too. So I will say that you have an advantage in this in that you have a location. 
yeah. you know where you're going. Like that's one of my biggest challenges. Oh yeah. Like hey, where you where are you gonna where are you gonna be? I'm like, well, we're looking for locations. Like people, it's almost like that's the hook, right? Like yeah. finding the location. Once you find a location, I'm in. Yep. But can't find a location unless you get some dough. <laughs> you got it. Um, you know, all this theater talk is making me feel like you and I are overdue for a concert. Last time I we went was in January. No, it was yeah January. Was yeah. when we went to Michael Shannon's thing. I, I um, that was fantastic, and I was at uh, Theo's. Did you go on, on Friday? On Friday, I had to work Friday. I expected to see you there. I was looking for uh, Ruth, uh, rock and roll Ruth. A couple in the of front my friends row. went. She wasn't there. I got a. Some point, I've got a picture. I've got to show you. I heard the special <laughs> guest was Buddy Guy. He was amazing. I heard. Just knocked the socks off of everyone. You know, the next show I'm going to, uh, Phil, is July 23rd at the Aragon. Okay, who's that? And it that? might be somebody year or two. Psychedelic Furs. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah? So, I expect to see you there. Okay. I think that's a good plan. I'm going to the City Winery to see John Sebastian of the Loving Spoonful. Oh, wow. Look at you. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I know the Loving Spoonful. Um... I can't believe you're not going to the Moody Blues. Um, it's still out there. I probably will. Oh, did that, that already happen? No, uh uh-uh. Okay. No, it's Justin Hayward. It's, it's your, Justin Hayward. It's like your, your god. Well, not individually. They have to be together. That's, that's how Hang on a second. I, there's a, there's a, uh, maybe, maybe you and I have had this conversation, or maybe it's a podcast where you're like, you're like, that's the dude. Well, yeah, he's the dude, but he's the front, the lead man. The, so the it's just singer. about the music, not about the dude. Um, well, been there, done that. <laughs> you should have seen the eye roll. She just yeah. I, 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 the word. The word is the guy can't get it up anymore. Could <laughs> <laughs> you, genius? Uh, I, I didn't know if he ever could. So. <laughs> Whatever. Um, you know, it's a nice she, she, I like how you know, she goes from point A to A to Z. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, my, you know what my favorite thing about a week ago was? What? Bruce's birthday? Yeah. Yeah. Last week was your birthday. I love celebrating Bruce's birthday. He's last so week. cranky, though. He's not cranky. He was so cranky on his birthday. We, you missed it. No. You should oh, yeah. have heard the whole show with uh, Steven. No, was he cranky in that show? Yeah, listen when, to it. When you say dippy stuff, it does make me cranky. <laughs> and you, really, that you were, it was replete with stuff. Oh, yeah, I decorated the whole but fucking corner. I think at this point. I brought point, you presents. Man, celebrating your birthday is a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm all for it. I don't know why. I think we should still do it. I think it should be a month. Right. So wait. Well, we've had we've had people that would celebrate their birthday for a month we're, in here. We're going into Anthony Bourdain. Uh, it just has been a year. Right. Yeah. There, it's uh, what? Yeah. It's been a year that, since Tony died. Today. A couple days ago. <laughs> Two days ago. Oh. But they're yeah. gonna do a. Uh, I thought, uh, Anthony Bourdain Day. It's a day. So, yeah. Twenty yeah. fifth. Who's doing it? June. Uh, a bunch of the chefs that he worked with over the years uh, decided to commemorate in that way, and they're trying to work to make it. A day, and then you go. You know, what would you do on that day? Right. So I personally think you travel to another city and have a great meal. What would you do, genius? Oh, I'd get a tattoo, (laughs) and and find an abusive broad. (laughs) Oh God. That's how I'd say. That ain't happening. So you're still upset. What do you mean upset? 
Well, you just said I'd get a tattoo and find an abusive broad. I don't know who you're talking about. Anthony. Well, he's he talking about tattoos and abusive broads. So right. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the point. No, I, 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 no, I'm annoyed that he killed himself. I think it was really a hey, dumb fucking thing to do. So a year later. And somebody, somebody put out. He wrote that love letter to Chicago, which features the genius. And now I'm getting monster hits all over the place for all this stuff. He and has I, it. He, it's, on the, it's on the Parts Unknown website. Yeah, but somebody stuck it out there somehow. Maybe it was on his. It, it, I, I didn't know it was a year ago that he died, but um, like I have a steady erosion of. Um, I have a steady erosion of my Twitter followers. Yeah, I get. I get real. I mean, I'm trying to goddamn speak. So you're speak. Making, you're doing all these motioning. I can't. Ha- I can't. I can't. Uh, so anyway, now all of a sudden, for those who are not here, there was just a raid on some uh, cookies, cookies and yeah. coffee that were sitting here. So, um, so now I'm getting all these new Twitter followers, which will soon be gone oh, when yeah. I start when they see my tweets. But when you start posting pictures of s- stupid shit. What, what would you call stupid shit to it? Like all your st- stupid. Well, at any rate, I think we're wandering way <laughs> off the topic, which was celebrating both Bruce and. Uh, we're celebrating just, his death. As it, no, I was mentioning that uh, Tony has now maybe a day commemorating him. And what would we do? Do we know when that's happening? I don't. I think though we could do something special for it. I think we should record a podcast that day. So. And and do what? So, do, do the shit we do. No, so I, I, I hear your... Uh, have, you, have you guys covered this topic about... Uh, I mean, when someone ends your life, you get, you can get pretty angry at him, right? Well... He was mad for a while. You're annoyed now, still. Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of understood why. I think most people can't understand why. And um, so I do basically understand why and I also knew that he was extremely depressed from the last time I saw him so from but there was I, I talked to uh, his real sharp guy his producer Michael Steed and he said that they just all he was with them and Rapara was with them and all, that um, they're all re- regret they knew he was going through something really traumatic at the time and they just wish they could have just occupied him yeah. in some way. Um, it, it would have been worth it flying me over there to tell him what a pile of shit he was. Because, or she was, because I, we'd been having this argument. Um, he wanted me to lay off her and Rose McGowan. And he'd been, we'd been just, he would just say, because they didn't know. You were, you were... You were being really harsh publicly toward Rose McGowan. No, I was making fun of them. I was making fun of them, but they were too stupid to understand. I would say, you're my leader. Lead me. Don't fail me. So you were doing this via Twitter. Yeah, and so... And Tony was like, cut it out. Yeah, he told me to cut. So what I did then, I did the painting of Aja cutting... Harvey Weinstein's throat. Which I can see right now. It's a great... It's a a great... It's a good one. It's a great... uh, uh, rendition of her and then Rose is watching Agreed. in the background 
and now they loved it. The girls loved it, and they it went viral. It was all it over getting viral, hits from right. all over Italy. So Bourdain, we got in an argument. He's that I, I've discussed. I think we've discussed this before, but he mentioned the female artist Gentilici, who was really the only famous woman to ever come out of the Renaissance because her father was a artist, and so she didn't have to deal with apprentice situation. So we had, and and so I said no. I was more influenced by Caravaggio. So we actually had this dialogue, and then the last fight we had in Twitter, which was about eight or nine days before he killed himself, was um, he was starting to get politically. We we would argue periodically about politics, and um, so he was coming. I think he basically was accusing me of being kind of elitist and looking down on the slobs that support Trump out in the hinterlands because he would go out there and say they're nice people and he said, which they probably are. But I didn't have to go out and deal with them. So. But he said, he accused, he said, you know, Bruce, we're both red diaper babies. Now that's a phrase, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a phrase back in the 60s and 70s, a lot of those birthday people came both parents were very lefty and they call them red, red diaper babies. I said I was far from it. My mom was a FDR Democrat, but my father was a Bob Taft Republican, hardly red diaper. And I grew up in this goddamn, I didn't grow up in Hell's Kitchen or wherever the hell he was. I grew up in uh, Bright Wing, Upper Grove. So we had, we, this is kind of uh, fights we were yeah. having. I, I'd be happy to vouch for your ability to hold anyone from any background equally accountable for not being yeah thank you I, I, I agree I agree with that <laughs> I agree uh, I, 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 I don't but yeah. I, I, uh, I do think uh, you know right now a good friend of ours who's uh, hasn't been able to walk into the old town alehouse uh, for a while but he's uh, used to run the second city he's got a, a daughter who's is that Kelly? Kelly yeah just fighting for her life. Man, his stories every day are like Yeah, and I've got poor, poor family. I've had a, you know, a series of relatives who have uh, had to turn it into cancer over the last 5 years and when you're with these people that are battling for life when we're celebrating another year, you just go, how can you turn how can you turn it all in? Particularly yeah. when you had yeah. other people who want you to do it. But then but then you know, over time I've started to almost because I used to just get angry and I thought it was the most selfish task. You know, to just do that was, you couldn't, you couldn't be thinking about anybody else or your impact. And then uh, now I, 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 I think because of what we're learning about mental illness and... Well, and depression. And depression. And, and you go, you know, they're victims of, the, of this too. And it's just, it's just a big, huge tragedy. Well, in his case, I think that really what... He, he, when when he did, I had this it's I, it's all written down I probably should put it all together, but when when he discovered I'd written a blog about having gone to the Chelsea Hotel in like eighty eighty one I forget when it was when Toby and I there was no part, no hotel to be had in New York um, because the World Series was on and who knows what else and I always stayed at Chelsea. And we only had to spend one night there because my brother was going to London. We were going to take over his apartment over in Seoul. And um, 
So we finally, we went back there in desperation late at night. There was, had cop been, cops had been in the, in the, uh, waiting in the lobby. And it turns out, so we get, he said, yeah, and he asked the cop, is it okay, the desk clerk? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. So we go in there. Toby lets out a scream. There's blood in the bathroom. It turns I'm reading the village voice. We're in the room that uh, Sid Vicious killed uh, Sponge. And so I write this. Now it, now, it may be a big assumption to think that that was the only person killed in the hotel that night. Uh, it probably wasn't the only one, but it was the only celebrity. And, uh, God, that hotel was something. I stayed over the years. I've had many a fun experience there. So um, he, he contacts me. He says, you, that, that's bullshit. You, you couldn't have been. He says, I said, no, no, don't believe me. Ask, ask Toby. So uh, he's... So he said, well, you know, they used to call me the Sid Vicious of the uh, culinary or chefs or kitchens. Or, and he hung around with all those uh, punk musicians, you know, because they had the same hours. So these they get off work at the same time. Those guys wouldn't. They'd hang out. And I now that you think about all the tattoos. And, and so from everything I've heard, his, his second wife was quite nice. And he dumps her for that absolutely horrific neo-fascist cunt and you know and just she was the most unwholesome looking thing I've ever seen in my life every time you see her she got a cigarette and Bourdain is anything but a, a touchy-feely guy and every time you see him they're groping each other and it's just and they both got cigarettes so he's back smoking again because he said he's given up because he had the little girl and so th there was that going on. But what she did when she went around, uh, prayed around Rome with uh, Hugo, uh, Hugo Clement, the little boy toy, and just stuck it in his face with the paparazzi was all over it. Now, I didn't know at the time that Anthony had paid off $200,000 to uh, Jimmy Clement, who was the... Uh, the kid, the underage kid that... Uh, I'd, I'd like to point out, no relation. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> so, that, to me, he knew that was going to come out. And I had, the last time, I agreed not to pick on McGowan and Argento. I said, okay, I won't. But I just said, but let me just say this. You are the last guy to be, to be in the front, in the vanguard of this Me Too bullshit. You should be nowhere near to that. I said, you know it's just a matter of time before some chicks say that you were grabbing their asses in the kitchen all the time. Whatever you're going to say, every friend you have can be accused, including me. You know, so, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. So that's where it would. But I think it was humiliation. If that got out while he was alive, that he paid off after she pulled a Harvey Weinstein on this kid. And by the way, I'd just like to say, when I was a kid, Asha could blow me anytime she wanted. I am not, and they could pull my fingernails out and I wouldn't rat her out. So I don't have any great feelings for Jimmy Clement. All right, so is it safe to say that, okay, you're still annoyed, you're still upset? Yeah, it was unnecessary. Um, would you, would you, uh, like to do, uh, hey, uh, Ruth, can I have some wine? Sure. Thanks. Would you, um, say that, 
would you be interested in participating in this day of remembrance thing that's might be happening? No. Okay. See, I knew that was coming. Yeah, no, it's interesting because, uh, yeah. But, uh, You're very I, particular I, I, about this shit. I get it. I get it. I, I had a, a, a mentor uh, as I was growing up. He was the youngest CEO of a Fortune 500 company. He, when I was going to give a speech, he was so excited for me and he wanted to read it and he like climbed a mountain in Alaska and got me a feather, you know, because he was part Native American and brought it back to me and talked about my vision and, and then he ended his life, you know, and... Did, did anybody know why? I mean, was there yeah, health? Yeah, he, he, he um, you know, and we're really close to the family and uh, we talk about it with some frequency and... Um, yeah, I mean, obviously he had a huge, uh, oftentimes these brightest lights have another side too, right? I mean, it's, Oh, it's, absolutely. And, We've um, yeah. we just, another friend of the family was a, a, an admiral who buckled under the pressure and ended up kind of having the same issue. And I, I think at different times, I think when you're really close, when you're next to the people, and you would have done ev- anything you could to help them, then you're, you got you got some anger. Well, I, I, I it hit particularly home but when I, my, my ex-girlfriend, Indy, killed herself. Yeah, I, I, I am convinced increasingly, and I might be wrong, and anyone listening to this who actually knows what they're talking about might have strong <laughs> perspectives on this because we just live our lives and think about it. But I, I do think that there are certain buttons and certain moments in time where there's nothing anyone can do, well, including the person. I, that the I, person is. I, I that may like that certainly hit, that certainly. They're I'm hit sure by a truck. In some cases, however, I think in Bourdain's case, had he been in a different environment, around you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that maybe if he would have had some people who would just say, Anthony, the broad. His pure shit. I, I, I suspect it would have taken a lot more than that. Well, it probably. But you're right. You know, like but, somebody. Who, at least it would have been worth a try. Tying him down. It would have been taking him to a hospital. It would have been worth a try. I'm not sure. Yeah, but there was nobody that was going to take him down and take him to yeah, a hospital. People, people have asked you to do stuff related to Bourdain in the past, and you always say no. Um, Generally speaking, yes, I do usually say no. And I guess, first of all, I've pretty much said everything I, I have to say. I, I've written I've written about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just feel uncomfortable j- jumping on the bandwagon. Do you say no to everything in relation to Ebert? Um... I, I'm old. Ebert's a different story, but I, to me, you, you, definitely a different yeah, story. Yeah, he, he, he hardly killed himself. Um, well, no. My point is, is that not, it's not about suicide or not suicide. My point is about the celebrity side of the shit. And, and and you also think that Ebert wouldn't have mind, would, would not mind. Uh... No, no, Ebert would not mind. No, no, no. I'm just like when 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 there are celebrities. Oh wow! Hi, Steve. I think Phil the mogul got a lot more time than I did. <laughs> <laughs> but who's who's counting? Um, no, my point is that when there's a celebrity involved, people sometimes like try to blow it up, and I feel like well, you. Well, it, it would. As it, much as you like attention, you certainly separate yourself from 
a lot of that nonsense. Yes, I do. Yes, I find that you often say no. I have um, turned down a number of interviews with about both Ebert and Bourdais. Yes. Imagine if there was some edgy like blogger out there that just started, you know, weighing in on the fact that you're just grandstanding on these. Well, I'd 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 like that because I go after I'd go after his mother because I with I do a little research find out about his mama. And his daddy, <laughs> and probably he didn't want to. He probably wouldn't want to make public what I know about his family. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Well, so this is this is when 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 we're just sitting at the bar. Yeah. I will accuse Bruce of being a cartoon character when he's uh, going when he's doing that. He's like, you wouldn't really do that. <laughs> For real? He does it daily. He does it daily. You know, uh, that reminds me. When, uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's investigation into someone's. Uh, anyway. No, I, I would do that. Yeah, if somebody <laughs> provoked me. If somebody. If somebody like, gratuitous, gratuitously. Don't, don't poke the cat, right? Yeah, I mean, no. It, the cat's alive. Here's, here's my philosophy of this. It, it, don't dish it out if you can't take it. Now, I'm constantly, you know, taking it. You know, and I can take it. And if you show weakness, if, like, somebody says something about my mother or my daughter or something like that, I, you know, uh, I'm totally, I show, I show no, no upset, I, I pretend, you know. You I, don't take the bait. Yeah, I don't take no, the bait. He doesn't. But very few people can say that. <laughs> Most people will take the bait eventually told, and, and show and, that weakness and once so, they yeah, show. You like you like finding those buttons and pushing the fuck out of them. Well, I don't like being attacked. I don't like it. It just happened. Look at that. Yeah, it, 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 it happens. It reminds me of the time. I know how to. I know how to get his boil. Uh, his blood boiling. I don't know if the guy's still in here, but he came in and asked me if I knew Sunny Sunny from Sunny's. Oh, really? Down the street. Yeah. yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. Oh, I knew him well. We used to go to Florida together and play golf. And he said, well, I'm his nephew. Oh, really? Yeah. So I knew all the That's relatives cool. and stuff. Yeah. So I remember one time in the old Sunnies, Chuck Lidge, who's one of my, I, I'm going to remind you, hopefully I get done with this dung beetle, because I have to write at least one more book where Lynch would be one of the main characters. So Lynch or, and, and I are, Dung Beetle has to be done. Yeah, I, heard, I have to finish it. <laughs> it's almost but, done. But um, Lynch and I are sitting there. It's when the Pope's coming to Chicago. Remember that? Jane Burns, mayor, and the Pope's coming to Chicago. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Chuck and I, and this would be My a typical... My mom made a big deal out of it. This would be Catholic a typical... That, that uh, was the uh, last mayor that told off the city council. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a well, lady. Figure, go figure. A, t- a typical Chuck Lynch conversation was taking place. We were sitting there looking, and they were talking about the Pope coming... And Lynch says, you know, somebody ought to, somebody ought to uh, assassinate the Pope and put us on the map. It really makes Chicago proud. <laughs> so we're discussing. You said that? <laughs> Chuck. So I agreed. I said, yeah, this, this would be a feather yeah. in our cap. This would be Chicago. We may be our finest hour. So we're having a discussion. So I say, you know, Chuck, though, if you're going to do, if you're trying to bump off the Pope when he's in Chicago, and he's going into holy names and fear. You can't do it with a gun. You'd have to use a hand grenade. And so at that point, guy, funny-looking guy, taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, "Yes, 
That's a good idea. However, you'd want cyanide in the hand grenade. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Chuck's eye go, holy fuck, who's this guy? Oh, so yeah, now, the Tylenol guy. It was Roger Arnold, the guy that was Tylenol. The Tylenol because guy. about two weeks later, the police come into the Santa Club, and they're showing us a picture of Ronald, Roger Arnold. Does anybody know this guy? You know, like, because that's the, the guy? Oh, yeah, it was definitely. He... The right across the street was a um, grocery store. I forget which which one it was. One of the victims bought the Dominic's. Ty- yeah, it was a Dominic's. Yeah. One one of the victims bought the Tylenol there, right on the corner at Walgreens. Another one, then I think over on Division. And then the reason they did the whole damn thing was to kill this guy's wife, and they wanted to make it look random. And that was right across the street from where they were. Is that right? Yes. I don't remember the wife angle. The reason the guy wanted to kill his wife, and because she took Tylenol, so this was Rod, not Roger Arnold's wife. Yeah. This was a friend's wife, and he figured out how to kill her. So uh, they, they, it was way the hell out north somewhere. So anyway, the police come in, show us, and the lynch I said, "You didn't recognize that?" He said, no, that's the fucking guy that wanted to put cyanide in their hand grenade for killing the Pope. And Chuck goes, what? I said, think, look, across the street, what do you see? Dominic's. The guy, one one dead person. What, right over there? Another cyanide victim, Walgreens. Chuck goes, holy shit. So, that was, and then, they, you know, they couldn't bust him on that. And then he kills, he doesn't, he kills Marty Sinclair. He thinks he's killing Marty Sinclair. Because Marty Sinclair is the guy that ran to the cops. That this guy was always talking about killing people with cyanide. That was when Marty owned Oxford. So, um, yeah, these things, I mean, these conversations do take place. And they can get out of hand. Um, but the Pope lived. The Pope, Pope thrived. There's a, I'm involved in a Twitter conversation right now about Patty Baller, and I tagged you in it, so you got to chime in, okay? What do, you, what do you want me to chime in? I wrote about him I know, extensively. but uh, there's banter, people asking questions, and I wrote back and answered some of the questions, well, did you mention? Said, did you mention he used to whip his dick out and piss on the floor? And kind of, yes. I, I definitely <laughs> said real, something to a, that A real sophisticated effect. gentleman. I know, so then I said... If you want to learn more, well, did you, talk to the geriatric genius. Did you walk down there and take a picture of the painting? Oh I no, but you know what? I'll do it right now. I would think that I'll would be very smart. It. See if I was if I. It you just happened fucking all. today. Easy, Mister. Those gypsies used to play. See, all he knows this how to stuff. push my buttons yeah, too. Yeah, I know that was. For just... fuck's sake. <sighs> that wasn't even a push. He just pretended he was going for a button. Whenever you're, you're, when you started talking about that, when you started talking about that, whenever I, uh, I don't know why this reminded me of this, but whenever I tell him something and he doesn't believe me, he, he, he stares, doesn't say a word, and then he says... Is that with his glassy eyes? <laughs> no, no, it's my full round... Gray eyes. Those beautiful he looks wells at me, of soulfulness. His orbs. He looks at me in a weird kind of way, a little smirk, doesn't say anything, stares, and he goes... You swear on Jimmy's dead mama? <laughs> they go, I do. Yes, I do. Anyway, fill the moment. Well, Patty Baller was a really interesting story. We should do a show on him somewhere. I know. I want to do a whole fucking show on Patty because that, that is saloon 
history. Yeah. History, right there. Chicago and, and, history, and right political history, corner. old town history, yeah. immig- immigrant history. His name was Matthias. Yeah, he was as German <laughs> as German can be, and he because he used the name Patty, every asshole and everyone thought he was Irish. Because yeah. politics. Um, we need to wrap the show up. Okay, so if we're gonna do that, can I just say one more time that one of my favorite things about last week was Bruce's birthday. The genius has had a birthday. I, well, I, honestly, it's just it's just great whenever we get to spend time. Well, thank you, and I thank you. I like the way you said that. Like the clock's ticking; it might be no. the last one. <laughs> no, you know it's very funny because you're reminding me that you're make the that most you're older. Don't I hadn't say thought that. Of, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> but no, it's just great. It's great. It's great that we get to spend time together. I appreciate it. Beautiful, beautiful decorations. With I know. These, last these week, balloons. last week. Yeah. Yeah. What are the odds of um, Toby's special guy and me having a birthday on the same day? So what do you think about the whole Gemini thing? Does it ever strike you that... Are you fucking kidding me? Have you met Bruce? He's a total Gemini. Total Gemini. It's ridiculous. Well, have, you ever, have you ever met Toby's special guy? Do we have anything in common Well, whatsoever? I will tell you when, when she said... Other than being both, a Gemini? I said, what, I said, what sign are you? And she said, asshole. Was she, <laughs> we'll say, was she looking at her special guy? I mean, Bob was sitting right next to her, and Bob goes, I mean, she's right. <laughs> so I appreciated that coming from him. Yeah. Gemini's are woven in my life. It's a, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. He shares a birthday with Prince Philip. Oh, there you go. You're that shitting guy, me. Yeah. It's Philip's birthday today too. Yeah. Wow, that I carcass. I share a birthday with the queen. You know, he's that, older than I am. That explains so <laughs> oh. many things. Yeah. Prince Yeah, I think it makes sense that you guys have the same birthday. Yeah, that. I mean, you guys kind of look alike. Yeah, and he was always kind of a jiggle. Yeah, I agree. He was. And a he Gemini. Was. Definitely two-sided character. Yeah. Did you watch? start watching Big Little Lies yet? Probably not going to be allowed to go back to London. Oh, no. we did watch one episode, <laughs> and it didn't really... I think Just keep going. Keep yeah. going. What was it? What was it about? Well, somebody dies. I think it was the name of the episode, and he didn't even know who... Didn't even know who it was. Sorry about that. Yeah, you got to no keep worries. going. You got to keep yeah. going. No, Just it was, give it a minute. It was really stupid. No, it's no, not. It's, it's great. great. It's, it's great. absolutely great. I can't wait for the second part to start. I just it started last night. I just watched it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. It's such tough. a good show. Just give it a minute. It's like the podcast. Right. No, 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 no. Listen to more than one. Well, you know what? We might wait until winter when we're not out and active hibernating. So much. Yeah, and then we'll just binge right. watch. You do not so. need TV for the next seven months. No. Seven. <laughs> seven. Between golf and CNN and MSNBC. Is that too long? Is that too long? Did July, I go too long? I've got a, I've got a bunch October, of... November, December, I've January. I've got a bunch yeah. of paintings. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Four shit. months. Yeah, four months. I have to finish my book, and I also have to do a bunch of portraits. He's get to busy. work. Get I'm to in work. Line. Oh, hey, get a picture. Take some pictures. Oh, Phil the Mogul's going on the on the wall. Yeah, and I, I got a perfect I place am. for him. But it's about I, time. I can't believe you're not already up there. I need the details. Fuck? Take him outside. Flash. You, I just. I need I, details. Are you giving me orders right now? Yeah. He yeah. Is. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I expect this, I'm this to is be how taller. it works. And, <laughs> and I'm going to support him on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I have actually have I have whenever Phil the Mogul and I go out we take selfies so I have some I can send you too no I want really clear like a large detail. I know I've sent you a bazillion pictures of different people for these damn things well what did I do what did I do with um, uh, Dave and Rita 
You did a great job. I, phenomenal job. What are you talking about? They hugged me about 40 times yesterday. Yesterday? At the party. Oh, we got off the <laughs> What's L. What's wrong with you? We got off the <laughs> L. That was like three weeks ago. No, no. We got off the L. And you saw them? They were getting off the L the same oh, the time Curry's. we did. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday. They're very grateful. I know they are. They're really grateful. They're really. You could have given them a fucking piece of paper with a little like scribble on it, and you they mean, would have been very grateful. Do you mean like what you did? Yes. Oh. You could have given them a, a, a dime, a penny you found on the ground, and they would but, be really grateful. They're I gave just them, that nice. As I explained to the his uh, uh, their son. Yeah, and when you, your grandchildren will be, will be able to sell this painting for millions of dollars. Okay. Just, this, this is my saving plan, too. Yeah, no. You if need you to. Do, you if need you do to the be, painting, do I get to, Do I get the millions of dollars? You inherit. Wait, yeah. Or does it if, go if to we your have our portrait on the, on the wall? Uh, you, your children would be getting the millions. That's fine. That's good. This is, that's a, that's this that's is a great question, Bill. <laughs> if we have our portraits on the wall, do we inherit the portrait? Um, do, no. you, do you remember who was who said Gemini's were assholes? <laughs> what, what do you think? I'm gonna, I, I fucking I want mine. Yeah, you know we, I do. Did you look carefully fact, at, at her when she said Gemini's were assholes? When, Does she somebody that looks like somebody's going to hand out millions of dollars? I don't think so. Or my daughter is probably even a little worse than her. Can you just write that down <laughs> that I can have my portrait somewhere? Oh, you know, well, you know what they do if they saw me writing down? He's a dumb fucking insane <laughs> asshole. I was going to say, I need you to live at least another 10 years so at, you can you least, paint more stuff for me. At yeah. least you know. <laughs> well, I know. At least you know. <laughs> I know my family. <laughs> I know my family. All right, let's wrap this up on that note. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> Jesus. Did, did, did I take that someplace you didn't want to go, Liz? No, no, no. I mean, I think, I think she's fatigued. There's no place where I don't want to go with Bruce, except to the bedroom. It's just oh. <laughs> the basement. Oh. <laughs> yeah, don't go to the fucking the basement. basement. <laughs> well, I've been to the basement with you many times. Um, Phil, thank you for joining us again. Always an honor and a pleasure. Yes, uh, and good luck with your projects. Many you. projects. And have, many projects. And, and have fun last week at the I, uh, U.S. Open. I would love to invite you guys to do one of these at the Uptown. Would and love maybe it. Maybe we can Let's get some it. interesting people to talk to you about the Let's space. Let's some rock and rollers, too. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Because I mean, people really care about it. So. I actually think that could be really cool I'm I'm a fairly weak voice uh, compared to some of the articulate people out there that really is there anywhere people can go to help support the the, the restoration the project you know uh, not yet oh okay yeah uh, but i would guess soon, very soon are you guys gonna do like a kickstarter or something for yeah it? okay good yeah, yeah i think people want to help uh something. definitely something i've also learned from the bruseum is that you know if people can just attend something or just pitch in 20 30 bucks here and there they definitely want to support it and it adds up totally totally um. Yeah. So, thanks again for being here, Phil. Thank you. Uh, Ruth. Uh, your presence is always uh, a grace upon this madness. And she took good care of me on my birthday too. Last week. Last week. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> my birthday week. Yeah, it's your birthday month. I always take care of my little boy toy. <laughs> All right, you guys, come on. Enough of that nonsense. Uh, this is uncomfortable now. <laughs> uh, 
Jordan, um, thanks for pushing the buttons. Man Myth Legend. Yeah. I know. I get more questions about Jordan than I do about anything else in this fucking show. And that's amazing. He's a mystery. He's a mystery guy. They, I know. They don't even know how hot he is. I know. He's incredibly attractive. <laughs> but he but he does have a girlfriend, so so all you little harlots we, we out there. We can still admire him from afar. Sure. It's good. She should stand on guard. Yeah, he drinks good beer. <laughs> he looks like He's Jesus. cultured. <laughs> well, okay. Now, now he looks like the westernized version of Jesus. Yeah, very westernized. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesus is more probably Middle Eastern. Yeah. But de- Jordan yeah. is definitely the Jesus we all know, we all grew up with. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Exactly. Very handsome. Um... And gentle and kind. I did a great Just crucifixion like painting when I was. Uh, <laughs> you wear sandals, Jordan. <laughs> a great, a full. I did a full life crucifixion when I was like uh, about twenty. It was really impressive, and and it was. I had it, it, he was on the cross, and then I had these really gorgeous lace spread, like the cross was a phallic symbol, and uh, and then I had parachutes coming out. It was great. And my mother had it out there house in the Grange. I'm sure she burned it. Well, something. It disappeared? Yeah. It disappeared. Imagine that. This I'm one actually disappeared? surprised you don't do more sacrilegious stuff. Well, I don't have room to put, uh, hang stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, good. I just, I just am shocked that you wouldn't do more like, I don't know. This is why we need to do a big show. I concur. Someone's well, I, oh, our people in Berlin. Let's get some. Let's get some inventory. Yeah, we haven't exactly people. heard from them. Yeah, we'll. I'll, I'll, uh, let's I'll get some inventory into people's homes and some cash in your pocket. Um, we we try, but he doesn't want to let go of anything. But the new stuff. Yeah, he doesn't want to let go of stuff unless it's I like just, naked. I just vagina made one of the most things. compelling arguments that you can make in the art world, and he will say no. Well, uh, let me sit, point this out. If I've got scores and scores I mean virtually hundreds of photographs of paintings I've done I have no idea where they are the photos or the paintings I gave uh, the paintings (laughs) I I've given I gave away to you know all the bartenders and friends I've given I gave the moguls some I've given out I can only say you made me offer I couldn't refuse I gave I gave I've given out Oh, 102 paintings. I don't even know who I gave them to now. I, I believe the only time that you sold one online, it was... No, like, I didn't do that. My daughter I did. I, but now, I w- she's <laughs> saying she did that with permission. I was just online one day. I saw a chance to buy a painting. I went all for it. And, uh, anyway, That's hilarious. Yeah. I do get questions about paintings and purchases, but everyone always says, I don't want anything that's nudie, naked, vagina-y. Oh wait, that's good stuff. I'm just saying, this is the, these are the questions, the emails I get, and I said, mm, "Can you imagine saying that to Michael?" There's really nothing da Vinci. available. I mean, it's like, hey, could you just cover Sheila, up the David? Sheila Klimt, Modigliani, they all did pussies. But Modigliani was all fucking weird. I'm not sure that that Shit. would exactly be the. Would it, well, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, um, all right, genius. You okay? He's good. What if I'm not? I guess nothing. Doesn't matter to me. Well, then, what are you writing a book? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I like to check in every now and then. Just right. ask you that question. Are you okay? 
It's not good fodder for a book, by the way. I know. I'm just thinking. See, this is why she, I ask them. Look at them. She's got better stuff. The book will have uh, different things. Hey, hey, did you ever get in a staring? Would you yourself yourself a good mean stare? Try this. I could just destroy anybody in high school. Uh. <laughs> That you went down. She went down that fast. That was one of the fastest ones I've ever seen. Yeah. I could do it, it to teachers. Hilarious. I could do it to any kind of person in authority. That's because I, your face is funny. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna throw it out there, but I think Liz is slightly conscious of the fact that it's a podcast and nobody else can participate in the stare out. It's true. He's not lying. <laughs> well, I, I just wiped the floor with her. So I did laugh immediately because you are yeah. funny looking. I, I say we end the podcast. And then you try it. Good You'll idea. find out her real chops. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Um, again, thank you, everybody, thank for you, being here. Yeah, thank you, Liz. Uh, You're say good night. Thanks. Say good night, genius. Good night, genius. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Bye.